This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome to Utopia. Um, you want to get to some mailbag questions here? Let's do it. Let's do the mailbag. All right. At H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. That is how you guys can get in touch with us with questions. We got, John, we got, we've got, you know, every episode we do probably, I don't know, I've got like 10 here that I pick off and we get to like six of them. We're getting a lot of questions from overseas, John. I think we are big internationally right now, you and me. I think if we take our show on the road, there's like, we got questions from England and Mexico and um, we may have to start talking with a British accent, John. I'm just saying like on this, on this podcast. Um, So work on that. We can do the show. Uh, I'm sure 610 would be happy to pick up the bill that we do this show uh, in London for a week. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, because the budget is flush with funds to go do things like that. Absolutely. All right. Let's start it off in England. Neil in Liverpool. Home of the Beatles, John. Liverpool, England. Hello. You, are you a Beatles fan, John? Did you listen to the oh, Beatles yeah, back absolutely. in the Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it was good they stuff. saved my life. They, they saved your life? Shaped. Oh, shaped. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Back when you were dropping acid back in the day, you fought like the Lucy in the I Sky with Diamonds. I did that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, Neil in Liverpool. Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism of the run blocking. Oh, here we go, John. John, this, pa- I'm, I'm hitting pause here for a second. Neil's question. I'm glad he's bringing up this topic because this is something that's come up a lot lately. I know there's been a lot of criticism of the run blocking, but is it too early to question whether Damian Pierce? Is a good fit for Bobby Sloak's system. The likes of Shanahan and McDaniel seem to utilize quicker, shiftier running backs rather than a thumper like Pierce. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Damian Pierce, but I'm starting to wonder whether the run game issues are not all the run blocking. Is Pierce a square peg in a round hole? Love you guys. Keep up the great work. That's from Neil in Liverpool. John, Damian Pierce, the floor is yours. It's amazing how many people in the media are trying to blame it on Pierce. Three left tackles, three, four left guards three centers and three right tackles they've had as their starters going back to start a preseason. And as any coach will tell you, offensive linemen have to play together. They need continuity. They've had none. 
Titus Howard was his lowest run block scorer based on pro football focus. George Fant was their highest. And every time I looked up, he was missing block. And I went back and watched it in slow motion twice. And Laramie Tunsil was third among those linemen. None of them had a good grade on run blocking. Tunsil was uh, and Howard were outstanding on pass protection. They didn't give up a pressure, a sack, nothing. So we need to see this line together for a few games before we start blaming it on Pierce. Now, I saw two times where he could have cut one way and gotten more yards that he didn't. And uh, part of the thing that he's having to learn is you don't look for contact. You try to avoid it in this system. But, no, the issue is not Damian Pierce. Yeah, yeah. I bet that's the new thing, John, for people is posting videos of Damian Pierce not seeing big holes to one side of the field and running to the other side of the field, which I, I don't think is totally unfair. I I don't entirely disagree with just how good a fit or bad a fit he is in this system, but I he's a talented football player. Like, I, I, I feel like especially – that's not a deep running back room. Like find some things that Damian Pierce does well and adapt your, your system to that. But yeah, like let's, let's get the same combo of five in front of him for a few games and then kind of see where it goes from there. Um, I'm with you on that. All right. Joe Q uh, frequent emailer to the podcast says, well, the angle of the team that has a better QB will win had only a bit more predictive power than a coin toss this past week. I haven't gone back to see if this is an aberration. I guess it is. I think QB's, get rated mostly on win-loss records. With regard to the Texans, how do you explain losing to a team with a bottom four quarterback despite winning the turnover battle two to nothing? John, what is your explanation if you had to explain to somebody, if you were responsible, John, to your employer for the Texans' performance this past weekend and you had to go to your boss and they're like, hey, you're responsible for these guys. Why were they so bad? Why did they lose when they won the turnover battle? What would your excuse be for them? What would your reasons be for them? They were missing uh, three uh, starting cornerbacks, counting Tavier Thomas, who starts in the nickel, and their linebackers best in coverage, Christian Harris, and they didn't get a sack. So if you're not getting better pressure on the quarterback, and Ritter's mobile, he didn't run a lot, but he can move around. And uh, you had that stat, I think it's 14 for 176 on the tight ends. And I went back and watched it after we talked about, and there were guys, corners, leaving the tight ends open, as well as the safeties not getting over. Or the linebackers not dropping, but I think when you don't have a sack and your quarterback is mobile and you're missing four starters and your back uh, back seven, that that's going to have a back eight. Considering I'm talking about nickel, it's going to have an effect. And the, and it's and there were a couple of great catches that receivers made, like Drake London. But so many, so much, they were wide open. Wide open. And yeah. I think that has more to do with you playing a lot of backups at corner. Do you subscribe to Pro Football Focus, John? No. You don't? Okay. No, I get it. Everybody has it, so I get it off there. Oh, okay. Okay. But you okay. So you don't literally subscribe to it, but you you do visit it and look at the scores oh, yeah. and things I like that. At, I look at that next generation stats. I look at all those numbers. Uh, because you know, the guys are not like their ex NFL people doing it. In fact, Bobby Slowick spent three years at Pro Football Focus and speaks oh, yeah. very highly of it after he left Washington before he went to San Francisco. I've, if those guys were the ones grading, I'd feel better. But it's still interesting to keep to keep up with. Yeah. Um, the uh, Did you – I don't know if you realize this. You may have seen it. Blake Cashman is rated the best linebacker in all the NFL right now, according Isn't to Pro that Football amazing? Focus. 
He's yeah. made big plays every time he's he, he had he was the only player with two tackles for loss. Yep. He always seems to be around the ball. And I I would never let him come off the field unless he needed a rest because he can drop. He can hit guys behind the line of scrimmage. Since he got healthy and he's he's been hurt a lot, he needs to be on the field all the time. Um, all right. I just want to give a shout out to Dario in Monterey, Mexico, who asked pretty much the same question that Neil in Liverpool did about the run game. But if you're listening in Mexico and you're emailing the show, I want to make sure you get some love. So, Dario, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Charlie in England. John, the three of the first four are international. We got three international listeners and Joe Q emailing the show. Uh, proof that American say, football is thriving overseas right now. Let me now. say, Dario, muchas gracias, senor. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hang on. I got to uh, actually got to plug in my I just got a notification from my laptop here that I am uh, running low on battery juice. So I'm going to read the next question and let you answer it, John, while I good. plug into the wall here. Um, this is from Charlie in England. Regular listener. First time emailer. He says, after a promising start, how aggressive do you think Nick Casario will be in adding talent at the trade deadline? This is hey, John. This is fun just to have this question exist that the Texans might be active at the trade deadline, is it not? And be a buyer instead of a seller. Well, the guy's already traded his number one pick. I don't see him doing a lot of that. You know, he's got low picks. He's certainly not going to trade the one he's got from uh, uh, I don't from Cleveland, but I don't see him doing much. They bring in players constantly, put them on the practice squad. They churn the bottom of the roster, so no. Uh, maybe it depends. Maybe at the trade deadline, if they're in first place or tied for first place, they might do something, but it certainly is not going to be doing something to make a splash because so often those deals are bummers that never work out because if a player's available at a time when you're in a race, there's a reason. John, I uh, I saw an article on CBSSports.com. You can already go ahead and load up your canned answer to this mere notion that I'm about to share with you here. Uh, but I was excited about this article. I don't think either of these things are going to happen, but it was one of these things like, hey, these are the these are the biggest names that might be available at the trade deadline, right? The quarterbacks, some running backs, a couple wide receivers. And it, under each player after the blurb, it had potential suitors and it listed like three or four teams that could be in on that guy. And the Texans were listed as a potential suitor, John, for Devontae Adams and Cortland Sutton. From Denver. So go ahead and tell me, John. How, what do you think of that? That could happen, right? Or is that one of the Devontae Adams? Is that one of the I can put this? <clears throat> that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. There you go. I needed they that catchphrase. The Raiders just won a game. They played the Patriots, and they should win a second game in a row. There's no way they're getting rid of Devontae Adams. Yep. Uh, dare to dream, John. Dare to dream, I suppose. Uh, Harry Bassist. That's this person's name, or I don't know if it describes them. If they're, a, I'm a Harry Bassist, but Harry Bassist uh, says, uh, "How did? Uh, oh my God! I only I. Uh, sorry, Harry. I cut and pasted your question with just a pronoun in it. I'm a mess these last three minutes, John. <laughs> Harry, you're gonna. Harry. I'm gonna have to shelf your I'm question. A Harry till Bassist. 
I'm gonna have to shelf your question till next week. I only cut and pasted the part with the pronoun. In. The question is, how did he become so successful over the years? I just don't know who he is, John. I forgot to cut and paste the first part of the question. Harry, we're sorry about that. We're so sorry. Please yeah, send, us, send it again next week. And oh, I've we got it, John. I've got it into my deleted item somewhere in our in our show uh, email page. Harry, I pro Harry, I promise to do two things next week: not poke fun at your name. And I promise to repurpose this question. We're you just were not so used successful to... over the years. Yeah. So that must be a veteran because it wouldn't be Nico because he just became successful. Right. And he's the most improved player on the team. This is going to um, bother me. Boy, successful over the years. Somebody over the years. Unless, unless it was about D'Amico who's become successful at every level of his coaching yeah. career, something like yeah. that. But anyway, yeah. we John, apologize. I, 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 I'm gonna, yeah, my my bad, my bad, Harry. I'm sorry. I and, and I, you know what, John, I I'm gonna ask the next question to you and let you answer the question. And while we're doing that, I'm literally going into my inbox of the show email because this is gonna bother me for the rest of the day. All right, that I, let's do that it. I screwed Harry bassist over like this. <laughs> I, Harry I, just I, I got more. He just got more pub than any any writers. He's loving it. You know, Harry's. I don't know Harry personally. I know several Harry bassists, but I don't know Harry bassist. So, um, uh, so I'm gonna go find out who this was. But in the meantime, John, uh, Derwin in Cyprus, our good friend, had a couple of questions here. Uh, here's a baseball question for you, John. What are the odds of an AJ Hinch return after? Dusty is gone. Who are some of the others that might be available? I, I'm, I'm. If you want to go through a list of available managers in baseball, John, you can. I have, I, I haven't even thought about that, but I I'll do be think happy that, to do it. Go okay. find that deleted email. I uh, yeah, I will, I will. But what do you think about AJ Hinch? No way they're bringing AJ Hinch back. He got fired. There was a lot of bad blood there with him, Jim Crane. So that's not going to happen. Most people yeah. think if Dusty's not back. Joe Espada, their longtime bench coach, who's very popular with the players, the media. Crane likes him, that he could be elevated. I have no idea what uh, the, uh, the new GM thinks about him. By the way, weird time to fire two of your top executives in the playoffs like mm -hmm. he did. Dana Brown, you know, he came, he watched, and then he's going to make moves. And uh, so the manager everybody wants is Craig Council at the Brewers. Oh, he, They consider Craig Council to be one of the best managers in baseball. He works with an ownership group that won't spend a lot of money. Now, his, his former boss, David Stearns, who used to be with the Astros, mm -hmm. has been hired to turn around the mess. Yeah. And he fired Buck Showalter, and Billy uh, Epler left amid an investigation and something to do with their international money. So Craig Council's contract is up. Okay. Well, everybody in Milwaukee is praying that that they re-sign him and bring him back. And David Stearns is over there and seems to be a natural. You go from an owner who won't spend money to an owner who'll spend any amount of money. Teams see what's going on with the Rangers. They've spent so much money and uh, see the results you can get. Now, I'm not saying Craig Council's coming here. I don't think he'd come yeah. here, but I'm thinking that Joe Espada, knowing how popular and respected he is, the only thing that worries me about him, he's interviewed for like six or seven jobs and hasn't gotten any of them. But uh, I had some brief time watching him work in uh, spring training, 
And boy, he was being sought out by a lot of people uh, who were there uh, in and out of the clubhouse. So he's very popular. That's that's what people think, even though nobody knows what Jim Crane is thinking. And Crane, of course, is the ultimate authority who will decide yes or no on whoever Dana Brown recommends. Um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I went to school with Craig Council. He's a year, I think a year younger than me. Uh, he was on the baseball team at Notre Dame. Was he a star there? Yeah, of course. I mean, he ended up playing in the major league. So yeah, he was a really good college player. He, I, I mean, he was, I don't, baseball wasn't a huge sport at Notre Dame when I was there. It's only become big and, you know, probably since like 2000, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been, it wasn't huge when I was there. Um, but yeah, Council, I went to school with him. Uh, so he's obviously clearly a highly intelligent person. He um, is. He is Milwaukee. He finished his career there. He was a broadcaster yeah. there. Yep. Then he started going to a front office job. Then he goes to be the manager. And every year, they either win the division or they compete for the division. And he's done it with a, you know, Christian Yellis, they paid a big contract for him. He hadn't been worth it, not like he was when he was an MVP. But if you think if you're if you're a manager and you can go with an owner, no matter how, how much pressure that owner puts on you. It must be really nice. Like Andrew Friedman, Houston yep. native, worked for the Rays, never spent money, waited until he got an offer of the Dodgers who spend a fortune, and he's had enormous success except in the playoffs. And I'm guessing Greg Council, if he doesn't go with David Stearns, he's never going to leave Milwaukee. Um, John, the mystery is solved. The person that Harry Bassist was asking about, how did he become so successful over the years? Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, that's and the reason question. why the reason why I didn't have it in there, he put Kyle Shanahan's name in the subject header of the email, and then the body of the email was, "How did he become so successful over the years?" And all I cut and pasted was the body of the email, not the subject. I've header. known Kyle a long time. He started off in quality control for uh, John Gruden in Tampa. Then he came here, receivers. Then Gary Kubiak elevated him to offensive coordinator. We all knew he's going to be a head coach. I used to talk to him about being a head coach. I said, "Well, maybe you hire your, maybe you hire your daddy as a consultant or an offensive coordinator." He said, "I might hire him as a quarterback coach," and everybody knew it was just a matter of time. And then he had he had he went to Cleveland, and that was a disaster yeah. with Johnny Manziel. And he asked out of his contract. Then he went to Washington, and really, despite all the great coaches on his staff there, they were terrible. Then he goes to Atlanta and they go to the Super Bowl. And then he gets hired with the uh, Niners in 2017. And two of the first coaches he hires are Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryans at the lower levels. He yeah. hires Robert Sulla to leave Seattle, to come in as his defensive coordinator. He hired a bunch of people that had been with the Texans for like different departments. And uh, he's done everything but win a Super Bowl. And, man, Sean, if they keep playing like they did against the Cowboys, they should win a Super Bowl. Might have won a Super Bowl last year if Jimmy G and Brock Purdy hadn't been hurt. 
Maybe. I don't know. That Eagles team felt like they were on a mission last year, John. I don't know. Uh, but you're right. And this year it's Super Bowl or bust, right? They don't win a Super Bowl. This year's a failure for the 49ers. Uh, it's all set up. Um, all right, last one, John, from Coach Middle Screen. Do you guys think C.J. Stroud and Deshaun Watson will trade jerseys after the Christmas Eve game at NRG Stadium? I believe they will because they have the same agent, David Mulligata. And I'm sure Stroud has spent time with Watson. And uh, uh, so, I, you know, football players, all athletes, they don't hold against other players what they've done off the field. If the teams deem them good enough to be on the field, they just let things slide. So I expect we'd see Watson and Stroud hanging out on the field after that game at NRG Stadium. Okay. Where are you on the jersey swapping thing, John? You're old school. Do you think it's a good thing, or do you like it, or what? Is... You know, I haven't put any thought into it because I never see it. I'm always uh, in the media room, so I never see what okay. goes on after a game. I've never actually seen it, except maybe at the end of a game on TV. So okay. a lot well, John, of players it's... collect now, so why not? Okay. You're acting like it's Bigfoot or something. Like you, you've seen footage of guys doing it. Oh, like, of course, do you... of course. So, I've just so never you're... seen it in person. Right, but I like I'm talking about like from a you know from a standpoint of like there's fans that are like okay I, I would like my guys to actually be angry after the game and not want to go cavort with the opponent. Those days are long over. Okay, that's that's the answer right there. Then. You, you see him talking you... before games. You see him talking afterward. A lot of players okay. collect things. I have no problem with players swapping jerseys. I just like. You eventually answered it in the first time, but the way your answer was going, it sounded like you need to have witnessed it with your own eyes happening in real time to have an opinion on it. I'm like, who cares? I've just never, I've just never seen it first. Gotcha. Gotcha. It was just funny to me. <laughs>